Greetings, Padawans, and welcome to the archives. Here to unlock this holocron is the man of the hour, Jedi Master Sotiko. Bosha, and welcome everybody to the Archives Podcast. We are rocking with episode number 22, and this is a really big episode because we are talking all about some Sith, some Darth Maul lore, some more Phantom Menace lore, as we are steadfast approaching the 25th anniversary of The Phantom Menace. Joined today by our boy, It's Mary J. MJ. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, dude? Another day, another night. Another day, another night for sure. And before we get going on the podcast, I do want to openly remind you guys to follow us everywhere at Star Wars TAP, Star Wars Tap, Tap In, and check out our giveaway on Twitter. I'm extending it a week, so by, in fact, I'll extend it to the end of the month, and then on the, the last show will be the 31st, we'll announce the winner on the 31st, um, yeah, and really exciting stuff. So, this is the Star Wars Archives podcast make sure to like us subscribe and leave us a five-star review and without further ado let's get right into the show what up lucas how you doing buddy um if you guys are coming into the chat quick little thingy majig feel free to ask us any question ask us anything to talk about and we'll talk about it plain and simple um we want to be as interactive as we can be so even in the twitch stream tap in give us a question give us a comment concern and we got you um so to start off to break the ice fun little icebreaker i wanted to talk about some debates now i have three debate questions mj as you probably can see um so the first one what character in star wars do you think has the highest body count general hux no question you think yeah he's he is a handsome guy to obliterate you know what six planets in the one scene there's a billion seven billion people per planet and this is like who knows on what other planets this is just off of our planet so billion times five times six who do you like how do you feel about the dude who pressed the button like do you think he went home not even went home because he lives on the Starkiller base, but do you think like he went to bed peacefully that night? Oh yeah, he took some melatonin, just out like a light. See, when I wrote this question, I was referring to the other body count, but I like your I like your thinking. Uh, so when uh, when you said General Hux, I was like, okay, I see you, bro. He's a handsome uh, fella. Uh, um, now I know. I got it. <laughs> Yachty Mundi, for sure. I was thinking maybe like 
Django Fett. Maybe Aura Singh. Maybe Asajj Ventress. But if we're talking, you know, just uh, the way you were interpreting the question, who has the highest body count? It's got to be, it's got to be Hux probably, right? Because when Luke yeah. blew up the first Death Star, we're probably counting 50 million people comfortably. Maybe... Maybe a couple billion if you want to like overestimate, but Hux blew up at least five planets, you know? So that's pretty cool. Do you give the credit to Hux for that? Yeah, he gave the order. All remaining forces shall bow down to the first order. He let off a great speech and then just said F the planets. Fair. Cause you could probably like you could give credit to Snoke for that for sure, right? I mean, if it was Snoke's plan, then I would go with Snoke. But I think it was like I don't know, maybe it was a plan designed by Snoke. But I mean, Hux gave the order. He did give the order. He did say fire. Yeah, I'll give it to Hux. Um, Lando, Lando, oh, that's a hundred percent. I didn't even think about Lando. Lando, for sure. Poe, probably. He's a handsome guy. No one, no one tops Lando. Nah, Lando. Even in his old age, he was probably slaying. Um, so this is a question: Which movie would you be least embarrassed about getting walked in on? And I was talking with my buddy Ziskeg. He he used to be on this podcast, folks. If you guys want Ziskeg, leave it in the comments. Bring back Ziskeg. Because I've been wanting to bring him back on. But he was saying... <laughs> this is his question. He wrote this one. And it was basically, which movie would you be least embarrassed about getting walked in on when you're like uh, relieving yourself? But you had to have been watching a Star Wars movie. And he was like, oh, sh imagine getting walked in on and you're watching Luke and Leia make out. <laughs> um, but for this one, Christ, man, it's got to be one of the, it's got to be one of the last three, right? With Ray. Or maybe episode six with, uh, with Leia, but I don't know. I don't have a concrete answer for this one because it is a, maybe episode two with Padme looking absolutely fine. You never know, though. It was a very weird segment. I think I just understood this question. Yeah. Um, might have to go with number two. Yeah. Two. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then next is uh, just a normal ass question What character do you think had the greatest peak in terms of? power in terms of enjoyment in terms of like just the, the peak of their existence who do you think in the star wars galaxy could be considered like the greatest at any given moment um i was 
thinking Darth Vader. Specifically in that hallway scene. But I would say Anakin has had a higher peak. And I think Anakin as Darth Vader probably peaked at the Jedi Temple. I really don't want to give too much credit to Palpatine. Because... As much as he did bring an end to the Jedi Order, he also did bring an end to the Sith. So I can't give him too much credit. Those penalties kind of offset. But for Anakin, he probably had the greatest peak, in my opinion. Revan, though, has a nasty little peak where he took a third of the Jedi. <laughs> and started his own cult that's pretty sick that's pretty sick i love me some revan lore i was gonna say ahsoka but i'm kind of feeling more along those lines of anakin yeah and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about ahsoka and lucas we are going to talk a whole lot about um mando and i guess we could do so right here right now um, we'll skip over segment two for now. We'll come back to it, but let me answer, uh, Luke's question real quick. Like, uh, what about Luke? Oh I yeah. I feel like with Ahsoka season two, we're going to get so much more of Luke. I feel like they're just testing Luke right now. Like we got Luke and Book of Boba Fett. That was the first deep. No, uh, it was Mandalorian season two. Yeah. Was the first test for deep fake Luke. Then we got him in Book of Boba and then I think. I don't know if there was another, but they were just tests. Mm -hmm. And we can't have Ahsoka season two without the only other Jedi out there in the galaxy. Like Luke Skywalker is not just going to sit there while Theron is doing all this, that boom, you know, it's just not. Here's the question though. We, we need to remember, we have to revert to the archives podcast canon that we set. And if we are setting heir to the empire in the canon, Luke peaks pretty hard. Luke peaks pretty hard. Um, I am only in the first book right now, but already his force powers are insane. So if we want to talk Legends about, Luke yeah, off the chart. and I'm cool with saying Legends Luke has the greatest peak. I'm so cool with saying that um, because as of right now in the book that I'm reading, he's insane. He's cracked and yeah yeah like bf2 <laughs> well yeah um we have to talk about ray we have to talk about ray you know she single-handedly brought an end to the sith i mean actually not single-handedly double-handedly with two sabers but uh -huh. she beat kylo uh what three times yep she force awakens last and i and no she didn't no she didn't really like fight kylo i think i think in episode eight you know what i mean like kylo fought jml master luke yeah yeah. she beat him ray and kylo twice teamed up. she beat him twice yeah she beat him twice um she beat luke skywalker in hand-to-hand -hand combat she beat... I feel like Luke is tripping on blue milk, but okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was green. 
true. Which makes sense him. for him to be tripping on that green green. Um, and she beat Palpatine before and after reincarnation. So, and she used Force Lightning. Pretty the sick. She pulled something out of the sky. You're insane. It's massive, you know. Um, but all that being said, I still believe that Luke and everything that Luke was probably had a greater peak. Whereas Ray, she's had a solid year and a half. Because everything from Force Awakens to um, the Rise of Skywalker is a year and a half. So it's a really good year and a half, but is she going to sustain that longevity? We'll have to wait and see. Luke, though, I mean, he brought an end to an empire. He brought an end to the Sith. He restored balance to the Force. But you could say Ray did everything that Luke did, but better, you know? So I'd have to go with Luke or Ray for that answer. Wise words. Mm-hmm. Um, but to talk about the Mando movie. So we got news early this week, and I wanted to put a video out, but I was like, no, I'll just wait till the podcast because everyone's going to put a video out. It is what it is. We'll talk about it. We'll get more details and we'll do it the right way. So we got an article from Star Wars themselves saying that the Mandalorian and Grogu movie is going to be beginning production soon. With Why that, throw uh, Grogu in the title as a marketing cell. Why they got to do that? Just name it the Mandalorian. Is it because the TV shows The Mandalorian? They have to differ by a word? I get it. Okay. When I go to the movie theater, hi, can I have a ticket to The Mandalorian, please? I am not mentioning that Grogu motherfucker. The clerk is going to literally <laughs> play it back to you and say The Mandalorian and Grogu? You're going to say yes. <laughs> no. Just Mando, please. Just but Mando. That would be what movie I would be most embarrassed about getting walked in on. But... Yeah, season four of Mandalorian is due to be six episodes, and then the movie comes out, and that's due to be the, like, season finale. Not the series finale, which a lot of people were thinking, but I have some news pulled up um, from Bespin Bulletin. It's the only place that we get our news. And there's a few things that have came out that I do want to address with it. Um, and I'll pull these articles up real quick. Links to these will be in the comments. So, firstly, the movie is going to be directed by John Favreau, written by Favreau and Filoni. And it's rumored to be part of a trilogy. That's pretty cool. Um, Lucasfilm officially announced a new movie, The Mandalorian and Grogu, 
which would see our heroes, Din Djarin and Grogu, venture onto the big screen. The film is set to be directed by Jon Favreau, and production is slated to begin later this year. No details were shared regarding the movie, even if it was retooling of the planned and previously announced fourth season, which was originally planned to begin filming in September 2023, but was delayed due to the strikes. Um, and then we have a report that season four is still going to go on with six episodes and the movie is going to serve as the finale. How do you feel about this, MJ? Because I'll, I'll say my piece real quick. I think that it is, there's nothing on the release date. There's nothing on the release date, but as soon as we get word that production has started, you can likely estimate that it will come out in about 16 months after production. Because usually stuff takes about five to seven months to film and then another nine months to do the editing and stuff. Um, and I went back and I did my own research. I looked at Rogue One. I looked at Solo. I looked at 7, 8, and 9. And they all took between 15 and 17 months to go from principal photography to release date. So as soon as we hear about production starting, 16 months after that, give or take, is when you can estimate it to come out. So realistically, we're looking at, I believe it's April 2025 to, or no, October is it September 2025 to April 2026 Huncha we'll get we'll answer that one I'll pin it we'll answer that one when we get to the squiggo sector but I got you bro don't worry um my piece for the mando is I I'm just not keen on TV shows I'm not keen on them because if you look at the track record Mandalorian was the first show that they ever put out Mandalorian season one was sick I really enjoyed it season two a little less enjoyment but it was still passable still good season three I didn't like at all there was and I saw something on Twitter and the guy was saying Mandalorian season three was actually really good. If you look at the costumes, the sets, the effects, the music, and I was like, oh, so everything but the writing. So I, I mean, that's the, that's the way that the world works. You know, it's, you're <laughs> never going to get a hundred percent likes at all no matter how hard you even try it's just no, of the course way that not. the world is and um i mean it's the same concept with marvel and what's going on with them right now they have tv shows that are trying to lead <laughs> all the way to point z right which is the finale if mm -hmm. we're going to speak in that aspect star wars wants to start to do that and then have thrawn be that point z i love thrawn 
all the while that we do love Thrawn, having to go from uh, uh, A to B to C ah. to D to get to Z. Now, realistically, it's the alphabetical order. It's just not working when mm -hmm. it comes to the financial budget or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Return on investment. You know, yeah. you put out a movie and you get your money back, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, like literally infinity war and endgame were spot on because it was movies people went to go watch them and it told the story with an end uh credit scene you know that led to the following movie basically like a tv show but in the form of a theatrical release <laughs> mm -hmm. i feel like that's where like the money is at i don't really not like you said season one amanda was literally great season two was was good and then three was just a bombshell and that's just they've done it themselves you know any quote but mm -hmm. um yeah, I, mean, no, I think uh, I just looked up their revenue. They're still making eight point four billion dollars. It's still bread, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're chilling. They're chilling. Um, I so I pulled up Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm only looking at the audience scores. Do I want to do a blind prediction with you for season one, season two, and season three of Mando? For season one, what would you say would be the audience score? In fact, don't give me that. What was, like, out of 100% for you, what do you rate season one of Mando? And if you haven't seen it in a long time, it's all good. Um, but did you enjoy, like, season one, season two, season three? Not three. Not one three. and two for sure. Okay. Um, season one, I'd rate high 80s. I'm oh. going in blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two probably mid seventies, three probably fifties. If we're going like Rotten Tomato blind score, yeah, I'm gonna say I don't know why. I've season one, I'm gonna say ninety four. Season two, I'll say ninety six, and season three, I'll say fifty three. So let's have a look. Audience score for season one, ninety two percent. So I'm not far off for that one. Season two, 91%. I thought that the audience would have said two was better, but I'm glad that they didn't. Um, Rotten Tomato critics gave it 93%, both of them. And then for season three, 51%. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 85. That I don't, Rotten Tomatoes can literally ligma. I only look at the audience score. But I like that. 51%. So I wasn't far off on, on all three of them. Um, but I will say, do you think that season one of Mando was looked at a little bit better because it was like brand new? And it was the first Star Wars that we had had since the Rise of Skywalker? Do you think there's any of that? Or do you think just in a vacuum, it's still pretty good? Amanda, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, just in a vacuum. Like, season one was something special. Mm -hmm. It really was. It was very magical, I think. And then season two stretched it, and that's why it was also good. And then season three took that stretch and, like, took scissors to that rubber band that was stretched and just snapped it in half. That's a really good way to put it. Um, Ohancho asked, well, first he said, Mandalorian is going to be 50 50. 
It's going to be either super good or super disappointing. Yeah, it's a tough expectation to have, right? Because realistically, it's been great, very good, and downright awful. So when you base it off of that, we hope that it's going to be towards the top end. The issue is there's no story in place. So they kind of need to figure it out really quickly. They need to, and this is what kind of pigeonholes them. They have to tell us what the problem is. Tell us who the villain is. Tell us how Mando's going to solve it very early on. Because we only have six episodes and then we have a two, two and a half hour movie. So they really got to figure it out ASAP. Why they decided to make a movie too. I'm guessing they decided to make a movie because can't fit the whole mythosaur fight in one episode. <laughs> That's my hope, dude, in this movie is like if there's no mythosaur, I'm throwing a tomato at the screen. I really if it, even if it's my own monitor, I don't care, I'll clean it up. Like <laughs> just boo. <laughs> I think they're making the movie to test and see like is, does Mando, does he translate to box office? If not, do they write him off? To be honest, I mean, they, they, it's not Mando. That's the box office hit. If they had to literally put, I mean, for copyright purposes, yes, they had to do it this way. But I mean, dude, the money maker is literally, the cash cow is literally Grogu. I, hope, like, I, hope, I hope he passes away. <laughs> I mean, to each, yeah, I, I mean, I hope, I hope he be, I don't even know what the hope of him. I just, I hope he lives peacefully. That's it. I mean, I guess the opposite of what you're going for, you know, I just hope he finds himself <laughs> the opposite of Hermit Yoda, you know, on a nice, nice looking swamp, kind of like Shrek, you know, that's a nice boulder. He's hanging out 900 years old, uh -huh. you know, chilling. I hope like he doesn't. I hope he doesn't make it to. Crashes into his front yard. <laughs> I hope he doesn't make it to fifty-nine years old. You know. I mean, he's close. What is he? Fifty-seven now, or something like that. Like he's. They did the math. I would. He was fifty in season one. Mm -hmm. Season. And then years yeah, season two. Was. I don't even know how long season two was between season one. Um. I'll look it up, but how long is Amanda? How old is Grogu in season three? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How old is Grogu in season three? Because I know he was with Luke for some like years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like two years or something. They say he's. John Favreau says he's. 53. Yeah. So, yeah, two years passed from season one to episode three. Okay. Old ass. Old head. <laughs> old, old boy. Um, but, yeah, I think that if, if it does well... And I also think that they made it into a movie so they can sign Pedro Pascal and be like, hey, 
we're going to get you for the TV show and the movie. We're going to take this whole year. You're our guy. You know, you go do The Last of Us right now. We got you for 2025. You are our guy. I also think that's why. Because with the TV show and the movie, that's two deals. Surely he takes the helmet off. Surely. I think that's probably along the lines of why they put it into a movie. So he could get that residuals and stuff. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Um, we also got news. And I'll get to your question, Lucas. I'll get to your question. Um, but we got news of a confirmation of Ahsoka Season 2. Now, MJ. If you were in the writer's room where we left off. I want you to pitch me your plot from point A to point B. Your plot for a season two of Ahsoka. What happens to each of the characters that we met and what what goes on? I gotta say to start it off, uh, Balin's gonna be the hardest one to think of right now because I mean, I still... I'm at a loss for words, you know, rest in peace to Ray Stevenson. Um, no idea how they plan to continue. So I'll leave that to them and how they want to do that. And not even <laughs> think about what I want to do with him in the fan fiction sort of way. But, um, so it's just Ahsoka and Sabine, right? It's just left on purpose. Yeah. Ezra got out. Shin's somewhere out and about. Shin should be on the planet. Yeah. Um, doing her own thing. I'm, I feel like, and I know I did see concept art as well to what I'm about to say, but I feel like this is a fair assumption. Um, Ahsoka and Sabine find the mountain that Balin was on and they follow Balin. They chase Balin. Um, but this also goes back to what I just said, like on how I don't know how they want to portray or go with Balin, mm -hmm. you know? But I do believe that that could be like the main plot is that Ahsoka and Sabine find the mountain and they follow Balin. Shin's over in the background cultivating a cult with like the yeah the Tuscan Raider wannabes on that planet. Um, the goofballs. Yeah, she's Lord Goofball, Darth Goofball at this 100%. point. In so, um, and then Ezra's I think is. I think Ezra's like, you know how it has like multiple stories following along with the main story. Mm -hmm. I think Ezra and Hera are gonna, you know, try to come up with a plan to try to save Ahsoka and Sabine up on Peridia. Um, my biggest uh, assumption is I think they escaped a planet via Purgle. Like, just out of the blue, like one of them pops out of nowhere at a light speed and just gives them the wink. Like, you need a ride? Like, just in time. Mm hmm. So, yeah. That would be goofy. Uh. <laughs> that would be goofy. Uh. That would be goofy. Uh. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of Luke in season two of Ahsoka. I think we're going to get a lot of Luke. I think Luke's going to be back. He's going to confront Thrawn. 
I think he's going to take out a lot of Thrawn's forces to where Thrawn's going to have to like tactically retreat. I think eventually what this gets to is the construction of the First Order, right? Because they have to come from somewhere. Thrawn's the heir to the Empire. The First Order is built upon by Imperial Remnants, right? So this does cede to the First Order. I think that Thrawn probably starts a lot of the operations that we've seen in the past and in canon so far, like Operation Cinder was started in Battlefront 2, um, where the Empire went and destroyed a whole bunch of uh, artifacts and a whole bunch of storages. I think Thrawn's going to go about bringing in the First Order. I think Thrawn's going to be very instrumental in that. With Ahsoka and Sabine, I think they will finish Sabine's training. With Balin, I think they'll sacrifice him to the Force. I think they will write him off rather than recast him. And with Shin, I think maybe she starts the Knights of Ren. That's a bold take. I didn't even think of that. I think she takes a whole bunch of those Marauders and starts the Knights of Ren. What if she becomes Phasma? <laughs> I don't think she Her can... lightsaber breaks. And then she's season two never builds breaks. one again. <laughs> um, you just never build one again. Not only that, what if she became a Sith Acolyte? What if she became a Jedi? What if she turned to the light? Like, a lot could happen with her. I think she's one of the characters I'm more looking forward to out of the five. Like, I could really care less what happens with Ezra and Hera. You know? I could care less. Because they've had forever and a day to worry about Thrawn. And now... Ezra's gonna go god mode. Which is gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool to see adult Ezra. I don't want to hate on Ezra, but... I think Shin... Just has more... Possibilities. You know what I mean? So I'm more excited to see what's up with Shin Hati. But... Season 2 is gonna be sick. Season 1 was very cool. I really enjoyed it. Um... The last bit of news that we have, and it's just a small news piece, and this is for the Rey Skywalker movie. It came out that it has not even been completed. Script-wise? Script-wise. Yep. They have yet to have a completed script. So, I would... I'd really doubt a 2026 release date that's also why i think maybe mandalorian movie got put out because disney like promised a star wars film in 2025 
So I'm thinking the Ray movie, probably we're leaning towards 2027 for it because I don't think they want to rush this one. You know what I mean? Like they rushed. Rushed the Ray movie? Yeah. That they, just means that the Manda movie is going to be rushed. I think there's less at stake with the Manda movie. Why? Because they have the mascot puppet, Grogu? Mm-hmm. Oh, and you put on a smile, everything's fine. No, it's not how it works. <laughs> they have... The Mando, the Mandalorian, is kind of their get-out-of-jail-free card. Because... God dang it. All they need is Pedro Pascal to voice it. And even they don't really even need him because they can do it with AI now. Um... So all they need is a stunt double under the suit, Pedro to send in some voice clips, and a puppet. That's it. Whereas with Ray and her movie, there's a lot at stake. Like this is the chance to right the wrongs of a trilogy that a lot of the fan base did not enjoy and did not identify with and did not cope and vibe with. So they have a chance to right a lot of wrongs, but if they enhance those wrongs, if they add to those wrongs, you're only splitting up some of the fandom even more. Lucas asked, why do I dislike Grogu? <clears throat> I yeah, like... Man. I liked Grogu. After season two Mando, I was like, oh, awesome. He's going to go off with Luke. He's going to do his own thing. I'm sitting. I'm chilling. I got a, I got a bowl of popcorn. I got a nice Shirley Temple. I'm watching the Book of Boba Fett. Episode five comes on, and I'm like, huh, what the heck is going on here? What's Din Djarin doing on my screen? Oh, Din misses Grogu. Oh, that's cute. Like, that's a cool way to expand the story. Go on the story, you know, give us more character depth. Wait, Din's going to see Grogu? We get to go see Luke and Luke's temple? No way, that's sick. Din's got some chain mail. Oh, what a lovely little gift. Wait. We get to watch Grogu train? This is awesome. This is sick. I am... I'm on a roller coaster right now and I'm just having a great freaking time, you know, nothing could happen. Wait, what are all these loops coming? What do you mean Grogu has to pick between being a Mandalorian and being a Jedi? What do you mean he has to pick? What do you mean he picked Mandalorian? He picked Mandalorian over a Jedi? And for me, that's why I dislike him because I view Grogu as the corporate entity i feel like picking being a mandalorian was taking the corporations taking the money taking all the bs taking the lightsaber would be taking george lucas star wars taking our star wars that we love and when grogu had that choice corporate star wars or the fans yeah. star wars he picked the corporate star wars that's deep yeah so when I see the guy, I'm like, I want nothing to do with Grogu. 
because in my eyes, like Grogu is everything that Disney Star Wars is, and the Jedi are everything that George Lucas Star Wars was. The Star Wars that I grew up on, the Star Wars that I love. You know? That's the best way I can put it. That's the best way I can put it. Grogu is just the the representation of the Star Wars that I'm not a fan of. And it's not even the content. It's not even the content. It is simply the the corporation, the corporate feel of it. Like, my Star Wars is low budget. My Star Wars is DIY. My Star Wars is practical effects. You know? Back when they used paintings for, like, yeah. you know, mass crowds. So, that's the best way I can put it. Um, yeah, and I, it sucked because I was like, oh, Mandalorian Season 3, like, what's going to happen? They didn't really do anything with it. They went back to the entire storyline of season two minus get Grogu back to his people. So it's kind of weird. We didn't really do anything in season three that was purposeful, you know? We didn't really do anything. But yeah, that's it for the news. Um, Lucas asked a question that I really wanted to talk about because I was thinking about this earlier today and it was when I was writing the question for who had the greatest peak and Lucas asks compare Star Wars characters to NBA stars and the reason why I was thinking about this was I was thinking Anakin Skywalker right is he a flop or is he a success story For me, Anakin Skywalker is like Derrick Rose, you know? He was the young he was the youngest MVP in the NBA. He had all the potential in the world, but because of injuries, he kind of got cut down in his prime. Before you even got to his prime even. So for me, Anakin Skywalker is Derrick Rose where you have like a I would say Obi-Wan Kenobi is probably Kobe Kobe yeah probably Kobe he always had a really great running mate Qui-Gon was Shaq um <laughs> you could say Anakin as a Padawan was Pau Gasol you could say that um but he always had a really good running mate. Even by himself, he was pretty freaking good. Um, and you could argue that he left us a little early, you know? Rest in peace, Kobe. With a guy like Mace Windu. Mace Windu is a lot like Larry Bird. Talks a lot of trash. Knows he's pretty sick. Knows he's really good. Um, tried to to take it to the, the top guy on the opposite team. Being Magic Johnson. And... Lost. 
So, for me, Mace Windu is Larry Bird. LeBron. I would say LeBron's Ray Skywalker. You either love him or you hate him. He got really good really quickly and is probably like the most powerful, the the greatest, the best, um, even though a lot of people don't want to give them those accolades. Very sick question, Lucas. Very sick question, man. I, MJ's not a big basketball guy. He's more of a hockey guy. Yeah, but, no, <laughs> but uh yeah it was fun that was a good question so we've got our squiggo sector pretty light one today um ray and lebron thinking about it great comp that's what i'm saying first the squiggo sector if you guys have any galaxy heroes questions feel free to shoot them um MJ knows a lot more than me. I know bare men, but we'll do our best. But just in terms of Galaxy of Heroes, put out a video today. Um, and I just want to rant to you for a bit, MJ, if that's cool. Because I've been putting in a shift, you know. I've been putting in a shift in Grand Arena, right? More often than not... I find myself going pretty positive, you know. I sit around six and three, seven and two. Because of it, I get promotions very often. And <clears throat> I was sitting in bronzium three, bronzium two, bronzium one, feeling good about myself, you know, building up enough teams to be able to try off meta counters, be able to get full clears. Um feeling good feeling like I was on a nice steady course like we'll hit we'll hit chromium five we'll hit chromium four and we'll build a couple of teams each time I go up a new bracket couple of teams couple of teams I went from bronzium one to chromium one in one grand arena then I go from chromium one to what is it what, what's the one that i'm in right now i'm about to hit iridium you know and it's just like man <laughs> i'm facing dudes who should be hard sitting in kyber dudes who should be not even close to where i'm at and the fact that I keep jumping like this is crazy. <laughs> because I just don't have enough teams. I don't have the strongest teams. And I'm literally going as quickly as I can. You know? So. Did, how, how are you liking Gak recently? Because obviously you're a top end player. Closer to end game than anything. Do you feel like you're at a, a fun place with your account? Uh, <coughs> it depends on how you view the fun. 
I mean, when you get near the end, there's more things you have to invest in if you want to like try to stay near like the top end, like mm-hmm. datacrons or omicrons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also yeah, this game is also not like your average game. This game is very like uh, mathematical when mm-hmm. it comes to like speeds and such. Yeah. And you have to always be. It's just a constant. You're always going up. You're always going down. With certain characters. You're remodding here. To beat this. But that messed up all your mods for this. So it's just. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy game. But I do enjoy it. I enjoy the hell out of it. What's up, Mundane? How you doing, buddy? Yo, Mundane, you ought to have hella questions. You ought to have hella questions. Um, but Oh Huncho asked, Thoughts on Jedi Knight Luke, Jedi Master Luke, Gas, Jedi Knight Revan, and Hoda. It's pretty expensive. It's pretty expensive. I know... It's expensive for a reason. I've never used it. I've never used it, three of them. It's considered uh, the Titans. It's, it's considered JML Titans, Jedi Titans. It's all the best Jedi up in one team. Mm-hmm. But when you get near the end, it's kind of like, like you said, very expensive because <laughs> you're just destroying five other teams. Because mm-hmm. then you got to run shot clones. And then you got to run Bad Batch by himself. But no one's got their Omega built up. So, <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite team right now, MJ? Like your favorite team. The team that you... Maybe you forgot that you have on offense. And you're like, oh, hell yeah. I get to use these guys. Because for me, it's Bad Batch. For me, it's Bad Batch. When I was facing... Malik? Malgus. When I was facing Malgus today. Because some... I, I faced a guy with seven Galactic Legends and Malgus. Put him on defense. It took me five battles, but I beat it. Because I wasn't going to not beat a freaking... A team if I could. But around like battle four, maybe battle three, I threw my Bad Batch out. They did some work. They did some absolute work. And they're very low gear. They're purple. They're, I think only one of them is seven stars. Um, they all, they're all zated, thanks to you. And they do, they do work, 100p. But uh, they're my go-to Grievous counter, no matter what Relic Grievous is, whether he's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Bad Batch. What squad are we taking in the freaking Bad Batch? I do my best with them. I need to learn and mod the proper turn order and what actually to do. I'll probably watch a video on that after the stream. But um, as far as the game, though, what's what's your favorite team that you're using these days? I mean, I'd say my favorite is M Troopers without a doubt. Dark Troopers, though. Mm -hmm. Does it get to a point where... Do you ever just press auto with a team? Just off rip. You get into the game and you press auto. In Grand Arena. 
or is it still like you're being very careful about it picking the right moves and stuff because i look forward to a day that i can just literally hop in and click auto and maybe i'll test that one of these days um if i if i ever go second jesus christ i go I go first every gack. I don't know what it is, but my opponents just take forever in a day to attack. And a brother's got work. A brother's got videos to edit. A brother's got nieces and nephews to babysit. You know, I got stuff to do. I can't be playing gack. So. Uh, I mean, it depends on like the counters that you're using, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. right now for me, the only thing that I can really auto <laughs> safely is either if I see like what we call cheese, which is garbage teams or um jabba with the datacrons jabba can auto leia mm -hmm. but that's pretty much it it's either that or well i mean reva as well i remember uh i think you were there the other day i was doing yak I, I dropped to a couple teams i forgot who i was facing and then i brought in reva and just threw it on auto from the <laughs> jump yeah, i think it was lord vader and they literally yeah. got the job done for me <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, well, that's nice to know i'm just Doo doo, <laughs> okay. Just terrible, terrible I'm just game. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, though. I I'm I share the same sentiment that that's that to me that's when the game is at its most fun, when you can just watch your time. If you pay for the game, money, effort, creation, grind, and just watch your creation go at it that's pretty cool that's pretty cool it's one of the reasons why i'm so hyped to get my hands on this darth bane because it's like the first proper conquest that i'm doing where i'm getting a high enough crate i'm picking up the five shard bad boys that the jawas are handing out and i'm doing everything that i can to maximize um my return so i can minimize my after grind because i'm probably gonna f when he's out of conquest i'll probably be probably be actually getting him if, if i'm doing my math right if i get 80 a time for three of his conquests that's 240 I should be around getting him, considering that I'll buy them and the the flip side too. We'll probably be getting Darth Bane in six months or so, which is pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. Um, you gonna rock UFC or no? I don't, but I was theory crafting it, and I was thinking about Darth Vader lead and Darth Bane because vader doesn't have a team but everything in bane's kit specifically would help darth vader everything and it would actually give vader a team you know see i don't feel like needs that lifter unit for what c is used for i know it's cool I know it's sick, but like realistically, is Bane's kit gonna help C beat 
the top end gls okay say it does cool you're just slotting everything down literally one thing one peg on the totem pole um whereas with a guy like darth vader who's just sitting in limbo it adds a whole nother team that you can use you can already do your counters that you're using to this day and it just adds a whole nother team to use so i'm pretty hype i'm pretty hype for it genuinely bane brings a lot to the table for sure with his addition like he's gonna probably be able to kill java leia lord vader gls that he already already originally couldn't i mean maybe even ray like mm -hmm. c is just lackluster right now like he can't kill most of the gls along with jml mm -hmm. and that i feel like that's fine though because if if you really look at it and you really want to just sit there and talk about it like the value of gls right now is not very high you have normal teams and stuff coming out these days that trump gls and beat gls like reva like bow like um jedi cal like jedi cal requirements malikos like conquest units are putting in more of a shift than GLs are, I feel like. It's hit or miss. Like, Jabba's great. Leia's great. Lord Vader's ass. <laughs> He's ass. He's so expensive, too. Like, it's just an inconvenience to put his full team together, you know? It really is a huge inconvenience. Sith Eternal? I beat him with a lot of stuff. Jedi Master Kenobi? He's pretty beatable with a lot of stuff. And he's definitely lost his power. Um, I would really say the, the two that do hold up, though, are Leia and Luke. Because Luke's going to be a tough one no matter how you go at it. And you need an expensive team to beat a Luke. Especially if it has a Jedi Cal. A Jedi Revan, a Gas, um, Jedi Knight Luke, Hoda. If it's well built, it's gonna be tough. But it just makes you think like, <laughs> is something bigger coming at some point? There's always a bigger fish. Exactly. Exactly. There's always a bigger fish. Um, with that though, do you have any hot takes on anything that we've talked about so far? Um, the Ray movie, the Mando show, any of the news, do you have any hot takes? I just hope they're good. My hot take would be, I believe that Ahsoka season two is not going to focus on Ahsoka too much. And it's going to be another one of those, like, damn, I wish we got shows that actually focused on their, their title, their person, you know, but 
no, it's it's all gravy. It, it is what it is at the end of the day. Um, and I suppose that'll take us into the galactic dispatches, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you guys ever want to send in any questions, any comments, any concerns, feel free. Hit us up at Star Wars TAP or at... So Tico, or you can join the discord, join the discord. I'll put the archives discord link out there for you guys. But this is our mailbag segment. So if you're in the chat and you want to ask any questions in particular, now is your time. And we will get going here with question one from Philly. Why is Palpatine not more recognized as one of the greatest villains of all time? Star Wars is one of the biggest franchises in the world. Surely he should be one of the top spots. He was a chess master who convinced the entire galaxy to hand him unlimited power with thunderous applause. Do you want to tackle that one first, MJ? I think, um, <laughs> I, I don't know really why he's not more recognized, to be quite honest. I consider him one of the greatest, as they just gave a really great example. He literally convinced the entire galaxy to hand him a limited power. Mm -hmm. And they all clapped about it. So, yeah. I mean, to not have him up there is one of the greats. kind of surprising. Kind of boggles my mind, too, you know? <laughs> Issue is... And we, we tend to forget this. He enacted another man's plan. It was Darth Plagueis' plan that he enhatched. It just went very well. You know? It just went very well. Right. And another thing I want to point out. I think he's just a little overrated because he was the Sith, the Dark Lord of the Sith. When the Sith ended. From Darth Bane all the way down to Darth Plagueis, the rule of two worked perfectly. The Sith were working perfectly. And then with Palpatine, the Sith ended. So it's kind of like who is the CEO when the company went bankrupt? Oh, that guy sucks. I don't think we think about him like that. I think we do think about him as a genius. So maybe that's why he's not looked at as one of the biggest villains. But maybe he should be. Maybe he should be. Because when you compare him to like a, in, an, in real life, like an Adolf Hitler, who loudly rose to power when his nation was faltering, um, he went on to do devastating things to the world, and he is looked at as a huge villain. So maybe you do look at Palpatine like that because he did such terrible things to people. It's tough. It's a really tough one. I would say Palpatine's up there for me as a despicable, horrible person, horrible villain. But it's up for interpretation. 
Next question is in from Craig. And he asks, what would happen if Count Dooku killed Obi-Wan Kenobi in Attack of the Clones? If that were to happen... Someone new would be appointed to the Jedi Council. Anakin would be transferred to another master. Probably Plo Koon. Or Windu. One of those two. Um, I think the Jedi start to take things more serious about the Sith. That's a tricky one. What do you think, MJ? I mean, depending on the scenario. I mean, if it's like the movie went, you know, and the uh, the ending of the movie, you know, where Anakin and Obi-Wan fight Dooku, mm -hmm. um, I feel like uh, Anakin also dies. And I feel like Yoda comes to save the day, but he's too late, you know? He That's arrives at a time when uh, Anakin gets his arm cut off and... Nobody's all saber clapped, you know. Mm -hmm. He got hit in him, like I think the elbow and the shoulder. Like Dooku messed him up. Dooku finessed him. Yeah. But, uh, um, I feel like yeah. Uh, Yoda would have arrived too late. Annie and Nobi are dead. Mm -hmm. Dooku fights off Yoda and stalls him off in a different way. Because in the movie, he stalled them off when trying to kill Annie and Obi with the uh, pillar, with the force. He did that so that he could run away with the Death Star plans. Um, it's true. I don't know. I, I feel like Dooku would not have escaped uh, Yoda because Yoda was not Yaddle, you know? He was a whole different breed of Yodas. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's so, very true. Um... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the Death Star plans would have been discovered if Annie and Obi died. Surely. This one's from Emma. And she asks, what parallels exist between the mentor-student relationships of Obi-Wan Kenobi with Anakin and later Luke? How do these connections contribute to the saga's narrative? So... I was thinking about this one as I put it down because we, we, we operate on a run sheet and I put the questions all on the run sheet for everybody so when I compile these questions I think about them too which I try not to but um, I was thinking about this one I think in both methodologies Obi-Wan was being very tight to the Jedi Code with Anakin and then with Luke. Um, maybe as a way to teach Luke, like, this is the way you have to do it when you pass these lessons down subconsciously. And I think that speaks to the narrative of the saga as... In Star Wars, there are traditions and they're upheld very tightly, very closely. Whether it's the Sith... Whether it's the politics, whether it's the Jedi, whether it's wars, everything gets upheld pretty tightly. So it's a very fluent 
watch. You can pick up from one, watch three, watch five, watch six. And it's very fluent how things work, how the Jedi work, how a Sith works. It's very fluent. And I think the relationships between mentor and student with Obi-Wan and Anakin and then later Luke, it's very fluent. I don't think the methodologies change all that much. If that makes sense. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I, it's 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 a it's beautiful writing. It really is. I'll also say that. It's beautiful writing. I'm not a film critic, but I know that it's very fun, very sensational stuff. Um, next question is from John. <laughs> MJ, I'd love your answer on this one. Is Chopper the perfect example of why astromechs usually get their memory wiped? <laughs> oh, yeah. 100p. He 1, has to be. P. Literally, this man was worse than HK-47. An assassination droid. He was just a regular old astromech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah chopper is a absolute fiend he's an absolute fiend this one's up from mace and he asks in the rule of two established by darth bane how does this sith doctrine shape the dynamics between sith lords and their apprentices and what implications does it have for the broader Sith philosophy? Um, so as Bane says, there can only be two, one to hold the power, the other to crave it. And that's kind of how the relationship is. Like Bane lets Xana know, like, I am going to be the most powerful man in the world. And the second that I'm not, you are going to be killing me so it's a, it's it's pretty firm like bane expects to be the most powerful person in the world and pass that power on to his apprentice the issue is the direction do you like do you think if bane then went killed all the jedi ended the jedi right do you think he still passes that power down to his apprentice or does he like does he fight for it does he try and expand it i think he fights for it it's just in the sith nature yeah so yeah i think the rule of two is very dainty and you see it's dainty you see like even plagueis's master darth tenebris he had two apprentices. He had two apprentices. He had Darth Plagueis. I can't remember the other one's name at the moment. Let me... Darth Plagueis. Fighting. Bith. <laughs> Darth Venomous. Was his, was Tenebris's other apprentice. So the rule of two was dainty. It didn't really get fallen on. 
um, with sound ears. Because you even look at Palpatine. When Palpatine was Plagueis's apprentice, Palpatine had an apprentice in Maul. You look at Dooku. Dooku had an apprentice in Asajj Ventress, in Savage Opress. You know? So, it's... The rule of two really isn't a thing. It really isn't a thing. It kind of gets... Hey, and maybe it was a thing very firm, very strict, very, very tightly. And then once this funny business with like extra apprentices happened, maybe that's why they inevitably failed at the end. Because you have to think about that. Like the Sith were pretty consistent for a while. Got a lot of power, but then lost it all. And if you zoom out on the graph, all you're seeing is consistent, 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 gone. You know? In a thousand years, considering that the Sith went on hold for a thousand years, only to hold galactic power for 30 before losing it again. You know? That's not that impressive. So, L nerd Sith, genuinely. Anything else on that one, MJ? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> um, we will save the last three questions for next week. And we'll end off with this one. And this is from MC. What are the similarities in the character arcs of Ahsoka and Darth Maul in Star Wars? Particularly in their journeys after being rejected by the Sith and the Jedi. Well, with Ahsoka, she sort of went out and found herself. She found who she was. She worked on farms. She moved. She smuggled. Um... And then she ended up finding herself and she realized that who she is is she helps people. And what's the ultimate way of helping people? Uh, joining the rebellion and fighting with the rebels against the empire. So Ahsoka went and found herself. Maul went and lost himself because I was just gonna he never had an identity. He was a tool. He was a weapon. That was it. And he, so he didn't have anything to grow into. Um, but yeah, like MJ was going to say, like he, he lost himself. And he tried to attach his name. He tried to hang his hat on certain poles, certain pegs, and his hat just didn't fit anywhere. Like he tried doing the Mandalorian thing. He tried starting his own Sith he went and tried, you know, the crime syndicates and nothing stuck, nothing worked. And at the end, he went back to the only thing that he ever identified with. And that's hating Obi-Wan Kenobi. And ultimately that's how he died. Hating Obi-Wan Kenobi. So Darth Maul has got one of the most compelling arcs because 
inversely to Ahsoka, he just never could find himself. He never could find his purpose, his his reason for being. And that's got to be the saddest story, man. That's got to be the saddest story. You know what I mean, MJ? Imagine holding all that hatred for X amount of time just to die by the by the person that you, you know, hate. Mm-hmm. L nerd. <laughs> Rest in peace to Greet. Not Grievous. Fuck Grievous. Maul. Rest in peace to Maul. We'll talk about Grievous next week, but that's going to wrap her up for the Archives podcast. We appreciate you all for coming through, asking questions, and tapping in, getting interactive. This was an interactive episode, so if you guys are listening on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, or anywhere else that you listen to your podcasts, leave us a review and let us know how you enjoyed the interactivity. Um, as we always try and be as interactive as possible, we are considering doing these live going live on Wednesdays and doing these live if you guys would be down for that also let us know if you want this to be a full-time live show I'm going to put a vote on my community tab on YouTube you're watching on YouTube on Wednesday if you're seeing this now Um, but if you're on Twitch right now or listening on the pods check out the YouTube at Sotico and definitely get your vote in but for your boy mj and so tebow this is star wars the archives podcast reminding you to take care spike your hair woo 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 you know it